Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Suzanne Oshima. Suzanne, welcome to the show. Hi, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here, too. Yay! (laughs) Well, I'm sure our listeners will be, too, once they find out more about you. So let me give them a little background. So for all you listening, Suzanne Oshima is a life and love transformational coach. She inspires and empowers smart, successful women to realize it's never too late to hit the reset and find a fresh new path in life and love. She's worked with countless single men and women to transform their love lives to create a lasting relationship that led to marriage. She's appeared on The Today Show, Bravo TV, Good Afternoon America, uh, ABC News, Inside Edition, BBC Radio, Men's Health, Glamour, many, many more. And in 2011, Suzanne launched Single in Stilettos to empower women with the secrets about men to help them better understand how men think, what they want from women, so these ladies could transform and elevate their dating lives and finally meet and attract and keep the right man. Well, Suzanne, I love the direction you've gone with your work, and I'm just curious, like, could you give us a brief glimpse into how you got started doing this amazing work that you do now? Sure, I would love to. I know I didn't get a degree in matchmaking or date coaching. I actually got a degree in marketing. And I worked in the ad agency world for years. And then in, uh, I forgot, I think it was like 2001, the whole dot-com bubble burst. And that was that life-changing moment because I was fired from a job. And I realized that I didn't want to go back into the ad agency world. And I said, you know what? I'm never going to quit another job to uh, start my own company. And I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so that's when I uh, launched an online dating site in 2002. And then uh, that failed miserably. I lost a lot of money because it's really hard to compete against, you know, the big guys like Match.com and eHarmony and all of that. And so at that time, uh, the show Millionaire Matchmaker, you know that show, right, Ken? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was really hot at the time. And I said, you know what? I could do what she's doing. And so I transitioned it to an offline matchmaking and date coaching agency for both men and women. Um, And that's when I realized that there was the complete disconnect in what men wanted and what Mm. women thought that men wanted. And that's why I launched Single on Stilettos. Very cool. And you're located where for our listeners? I'm in New York City. Okay. Awesome. I kind of guessed that with the whole marketing agency thing, but just wanted to check. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious because obviously you've, you've kind of seen this from all sides, obviously personally, as well as through your professional endeavors. And I'm just wondering, you know, one of the things we focus on obviously is partnerships here on our, on our show. 
What do you find to be kind of like your go-to? I call it a guiding principle. Some people call it a touchstone or a quote or a mantra. But what's that thing you come back to regarding partnership when you feel like you kind of got off the path? Well, not, I mean, not only for myself, but also for my clients, there's a quote by Oscar Wilde, uh, and it's, be yourself, everybody else is taken. And I think it's so important, you know, a, a lot of times I'll find that people are trying to be something they're not, or they're afraid to show up on a date and say certain things. And I'm like, if you are just the best version of yourself, that's when you're going to attract and keep the right man, right? Because you can't hold up the charade forever of being something else that you're not. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's so true. And, you know, obviously there's, tons of messages out there saying you need to be this or you need to be that as opposed to you need to be you. Yeah. And that, you know, it's so important. And, and I think it's so important, especially like, because my focus is I coach women, right? And so it always breaks my heart when a woman uh, that's curvier or a plus size woman wishes she was skinnier or she feels like she needs to lose weight to attract the right man. And I always tell women is that, you know, every man is attracted to something different. And so, again, it comes back to that. Be the best version of yourself. And that's when you're going to attract the right man. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because. I mean, I hear that as well when I'm working with women and my encouragement is always, okay, go down to the shopping mall, go to the airport, go to some place where lots of people are walking around and answer your question, which is, well, she's my size. How did she get a guy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It clearly wasn't related to size. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is, it's <laughs> as, as I, I, came up on a show a few years back or a few months back. It wasn't years ago. I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what we were talking about was just this kind of thing, right? And my guest was sharing how she was aware that um, in her marriage, her husband, she felt like he would lose some of his interest in her and not be as drawn to her when she gained a little weight. So she was really hypersensitive about like five to 10 pounds she gained because she was pretty tiny. Uh -huh. And... She said, so one day I actually said to him, you know, because I, I could tell he wasn't as drawn to me. And I said, you know, I, I know I've gained some weight. And he goes, you have? <laughs> and she goes, well, what do you mean? He goes, I, I didn't notice. I'm sorry. I mean, like, you look great. And she goes, well, I thought you would be less interested in me when I was gaining weight. He goes, no, no, no. I, honestly, I don't even notice you look amazing all the time. What I do notice is when you're less confident. Oh, my God. That is so key. That is so key. Yeah. And what we realized was, you know, so oftentimes we think well, we just focus on the outside. Right. So we're like, oh, I, I, I got to focus on losing weight when really what you need to focus on is losing the baggage. Yes. That's yes. where the, the lack of confidence, the lack of interest and, and makes you somebody who's not people aren't drawn to. Yeah, it's so true. I have a, I, I actually have a great story that correlates to what you just shared that mm -hmm. I think would help a lot of women out there that think that they need to lose weight in order to, before they get out there and date or get into a relationship. Can I share the story? Yeah, please. Um, so a long, long time ago, I had a client, uh, she was a plus size woman 
and she was beautiful. She had a pretty face, but she, like you talked about, she lacked the confidence. And she, I remember on our very first session, she said to me, she said, um, she goes, you know, I have a friend and she's actually larger than me. And she said, and I don't understand why she gets all the dates and she gets all the men and I don't get anything. And I said to her, I said, you know what? I don't even have to meet your friend. I know exactly why she's getting the dates and she's getting all the men. And it goes back to that confidence. I go, I bet when she walks into the room, she owns her self-worth. She, she's confident about it. She doesn't even think about her weight. And men just flock to her because of her personality, her confidence, and she doesn't have low self-esteem, right? And she just, she was so shocked when I said that. She was like, really? It has nothing to do with looks? And I go, well, it's obvious because if all, she's getting asked out all the time and she's getting all these dates, it has nothing to do with body size, right? Absolutely. So it's, it, it comes back to what you said, the confidence. Yeah, absolutely. That's the number one thing men are looking for. And, you know, this, this hit me the other day. I'm sure most everybody listening knows who Queen Latifah is. Well, you might not be surprised that her name isn't really Queen. <laughs> what is her name? I don't know her name. I'll bet hardly anyone knows her name. Why? Because she owns that she's a queen. Right. She has been a leading lady in multiple movies. She's definitely plus size. How mm -hmm. did she get to be the love interest in these movies? Because she owns it. And a matter of fact, it's funny because a lot of her roles are that kind of woman, right? Right. Owning it. And you're like, it's magnetic. So are you owning the queen you have inside on the outside? Probably not. Very few people are walking around owning it in that way. But that is my encouragement to you. If you're not owning that, if you don't have that level of confidence, you need to either grab it from wherever you've been hiding it or get some help to go find out where it's hiding because that is the big key. They've done countless studies with guys. They always say, what's the number one thing you're looking for? And every single time, by a landslide, the winning answer is self-confidence. Uh -huh. It's not even close to anything else. So if you're looking for something on the outside, no, that's not it. That's not going to do it. Because you'll still have those doubts inside. You've got to go find the confidence. And if you, like I said, if you don't know where it's at, you need some help in finding it. Because you have it. You were born with it. Little kids are confident as can be. They run around. They're loud. They ask for what they want. They do what they want. They don't worry about how they look. <laughs> they're totally confident. But it got trained out somehow. Right. It's so true. You know, it's funny that you brought that up about kids. I was thinking about that the other day, too, is kids are fearless, right? And totally. then as we grow older and we have those life experiences, it it chips away at our confidence, right? Um, and then we get, we fear starts to set in and we get afraid to do certain things, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, let me ask you a favor, Suzanne, because one of the things that our listeners love on the show is is how generous our client our, our clients, our guests are <laughs> with, you know, sharing their own stories, what what's happened in their life. And I, I'd love it if you'd share with us a time in your life when 
maybe you kind of, well, you kind of tripped up when it came to partnership and got off the path. And just give us a, a little synopsis of what were you doing, what happened, what'd you trip on, and then what did you learn from that that's helped you move forward? Sure, I would love to share the story. So, um, so I'm in my 50s, I'm 53, and I grew up in the 60s. And my mom was, um, my mom was all a part of that women's lib movement, Gloria Steinem and all of that. And my mom went back to college in her 40s. And, and then she became an ESL teacher in English as a second language teacher. And so she was earning her own money. And I remember when I was a teenager, my mom said to me, and I will never forget it. She said, Suzanne, when you're old enough to, you know, be in a relationship with a man, she said, always have your own uh, checkbook. Don't ever rely on a man uh, for money. And that always stuck in my head. And so then as I grew older into my 20s and I would get into relationships, I would always say, oh, I don't need a man in my head. And I would just, I wouldn't rely on men for anything. I was so strong and independent. And I remember one time, one of my good friends said to me, he said, Suzanne, you act like you don't need a man. And I remember looking at him puzzled because I was like, yeah, I don't need a man. But little did I know back then that if you make a man not feel needed, in a relationship, then he's going to go elsewhere, right? And so I always operated from that standpoint. And then as I learned the dynamics of how men need to feel in a relationship, was I able to turn that around? Yeah, that's a kind of big one. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> But it's we talk about how when we're growing up, how these seeds are planted in our head and then they yes. grow. Right. And mm -hmm. then I'm thinking that's the right way um, because of what my mom taught me. But I didn't realize at the time that it was wrong. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's not wrong because there's nothing wrong with having your own checkbook. Right. Well, but I, if it's yeah. that gets broadened out into this all inclusive, I don't need a man. And then I wonder why I'm not getting relationships. Well, pretty obvious cause and effect there. right? Yeah. And so it's so funny because in my 20s, I kept thinking to myself that that would actually attract a man more so because I wouldn't be this needy woman that yes. needed a man. And so I, I didn't understand at the time. I really didn't. And so it was so funny because, um, you know, here it is, my mom, who who uh, planted that seed. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you made a great comment there because that's how it works. Th these these things that end up being invalidating and, and oftentimes work against us were offered with the best of intentions. Uh -huh. Your mom wasn't trying to ruin your life. She was trying to give you some good advice of, hey, make sure you got some money to fall back on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But then we perceive it and take it and extrapolate it into something that it wasn't meant to be and go, oh, this must mean this. It's like, no, it meant make sure you have some money to fall back on. It didn't mean anything else. Right. Because we all have our own inter interpretations of what people tell us, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a great story. I love that because it is. It's one of those big things where we end up tripping ourselves up. So... Let me ask you this then. Let's let's switch gears a little bit. 
what would be a time in your life, I call it a proud moment of partnership, but like one of those times where you think back on it and you're like, wow, that was the coolest thing. I mean, like you can't help smiling when you think about it because it was such a cool experience of partnership. What would one of those be for you? Um, I'm trying to think of a really good experience. Um, in my past relationships, there, I mean, there were times where it, like I had two, I can think of two ex-boyfriends that I had that were really, really great. And I really, as a strong independent woman, I still, um, after I learned that you can, uh, you can let a man take the lead and you can allow him to take care of you and still play a big partner in the relationship, you know, is it didn't make me a weak person by allowing a man to do that in the relationship. And I think that, um, and looking back at those relationships, you know, we as strong independent women, we tend to think that if, um, we can't do things or we allow a man to do things for us, sometimes we're worried that we're going to appear weak when that's not the case at all. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I hear that all the time. And, you know, it's funny because I, I always use the example of like if you were uh, dancing with someone. Mm -hmm. Do you appear weak because he's leading? Exactly. That is so true. No, you appear magnificent. Right. You're suddenly gliding along like, oh, my God, he's such an amazing lead. Mm -hmm. You feel better than you ever have. You're like, I didn't even know I could dance like this. But it doesn't happen if you're trying to lead while he's leading. Then you step all over each other's toes. Exactly. Exactly. So we really don't have anything that says, oh, yeah, you'll be weak. It's our fear that we're going to lose control. Right. And control, I always tell my client, control is actually a myth. You think you're in control, <laughs> but you're really not. Right. Yeah, Even when illusion. we think that <laughs> it's a complete illusion. Yeah. Yeah. So this is awesome. So what what would be like an example? Like how would you how would you share that concept with with somebody you're working with? About control? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that especially I find that strong independent women and I'm one of them, so I'm not pointing the finger at other women is is we try to be in control of a lot of things um because we're afraid of being out of control. Right. And so one of the things that I've noticed that some of my strong, independent control, tro controlling clients will do is they'll try and plan the first date with the man. And then as the dating process goes along is then they start to get irritated along the way of why doesn't he take the lead? Right. And what I always tell my clients, if you want a man that's going to take a lead, you have to allow that space for him to take the lead in the very beginning because you're setting the precedence for the entire relationship, right? Um, so it's it's funny because they want to control everything, yet they don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if I made it to add to what you just said about, you know, you have to set that precedent from the beginning. Here's what happens from the guy side of things. So if you're controlling everything, you're planning the dates, you're doing all that kind of stuff. From a male perspective, we're thinking, wow, she must enjoy doing that. Uh -huh. Because we wouldn't do it if we didn't enjoy it. 
So men are wired to want their partner to be happy. So we're like, why would I take that from you? It makes you happy. So the last thing as a man I'm going to do is go, let me plan the next date. That'd be like taking your toy out of your hand. Why uh-huh. would I do that? I don't know that you're doing it because you're actually doing it from a place of fear. I think you're doing it from a place of joy. Right. So it's so important what you just said, Suzanne, of, of setting that precedent. Because otherwise what you're going to get is the guys that are looking for somebody to plan everything. Right. They have no interest in ever taking the lead. Why did they like you? Because you were one that was going to lead. They found what they were looking for, but the truth was you weren't presenting yourself as what you were really looking for. Exactly, because what I find with most strong, independent women, as strong as we are, we prefer a man that takes the lead and takes control because we make decisions all day long, we're exhausted, and we want that man that takes the lead. But we have to allow him and give him space to take the lead instead of trying to control everything. Yeah. No, it's totally true. It is so true. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because it is. It's one of those ways that we, again, trip ourselves up. And, you know, the, the, the truth is when you think about partnership, the things we do in partnership are not the easiest things. They're actually the harder of the two choices. The easy stuff is just to do the stuff that matters to us. That's easy. It takes extra effort to be in partnership, to go, hmm. What serves the bigger end goal of our partnership as opposed to just what I want to do? And it's, right. so, it's so funny because oftentimes I'll talk with women and they'll be like, well, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my independence. And what they're really saying is, I'm afraid that I won't always get to do what I want to do. Because I'm used to getting my way because I've been on my own. But I want a partner. But just doing your own thing is not partnership. So it's, it's, we've got to reframe ourselves and go, okay, that partnership is what gets me to a higher level of life experience. It's not a loss. It's actually an expansion. But maybe I won't always be doing what I want at the exact time I want to because I never had anybody to you know, consider before. It takes both sides. It takes working with each other so that you can elevate each other. Exactly. I totally agree. Yeah, it's it's just it's so interesting because it's, you know, it's it's instinctive, <laughs> right? You just go, what do I want to do? That's just taking care of yourself, self-preservation. It's natural. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. If if um, we're, at, we're at a part of the show, I, I like to call it bring it all home. And this is where. We're going to step away from the stories a little bit, and, and I just want to get some some specific like kind of bullet points that we can leave our listeners with. And one of the things I, w- I was curious, from, from your personal experience, Suzanne, what, what has been the best partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received? Um, it, it's funny. It's related to all of this. Is um, Do you know Dr. Ian Smith? No. So Dr. Ian Smith wrote a book called The Truth About Men. And I remember he was actually interviewed on NBC News one time. And I remember watching it. And he said this quote, and I never forgot it. And it was, men want to feel, um, men want to feel needed, women want to feel wanted. 
And I said to myself, if women could get this into their head, this would help them so much in dating and relationships because a lot of women don't understand this concept, right? Yeah. And it's so, so important. Can you unpack it a little bit for us? Sure. It's Well, you as a man know that men need to feel needed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And and at if you even in reverse, it's women want to feel needed too. But at the forefront is men want to feel needed and women want to feel wanted. Well, like we want a man to be attracted to us, want us, tell us how beautiful we are. Um, and secondary for us is being needed. And I'm sure for men, you want to feel needed first and wanted second. It's they're not. It's not like you get one without the other, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, in the men wanting to feel needed, it's like allowing yourself as a strong, independent woman is to surrender and allow a man to do things for you. Um, asking him for help is being okay when he wants to pay for a date, being okay that he wants to help you with something, being okay that he wants to fix something in your home for you. It does, it does, again, it it comes back to you're not weak as a woman when you ask a man for help or to support you through these things, right? Mm -hmm. And I think strong, independent women get so all in their head of, oh, I can do it. I can do it. I know you can do it. I can do it too. But it's all about, like you talked about, bringing it back to that partnership, right? Is we're in this together, right? It's not you and me. It's we're in it together. It's us. Yeah. We, we and us. And allowing the man to feel like a partner in the relationship. Well, and I would take that even a step further. More than allowing them to feel like a partner, having them actually be a partner. Allowing them to feel like a partner is controlling. Right. You get this much so you feel like enough of a partner because I'm in charge here. That's that's not really partnership. Partnership is letting go of being in charge. Mm -hmm. Do you take charge sometimes? Sure. Do they take charge sometimes? Sure. But it's not like I run the show. Right. And this is the dance. Like if we use that example again. You can't have one person leading and nobody following. And you can't have both people leading and you can't have both people following. It has to be a give and take. And you have to know what you're doing when you come up there and you you meet together, right? And I always say it's like for, for the ladies, sure, he's going to lead the dance. You get to tell him what the dance is. We're doing salsa. We're doing the cha-cha. We're doing whatever, the waltz. If you don't let him know what the music is, he's not going to know what dance to lead. So it's that invitation of both of us coming up there going, hey, let's go do this. Cool. Now we do it together. And maybe together means, hey, cool. I love when you go out and do X, Y, Z. How can I make sure you have time for that? That's how you do it together. Not physically together, because it may be something that you really cherish doing with your friends or just having time for yourself. There's still a together component because they're supporting you in having that space for you. So beautiful, beautiful example. And I love that quote. Men want to feel needed. Women want to feel wanted. Really important. I know. Isn't it a great quote? I use it all the time. Yeah. So 
this actually segues very nicely to what I was going to ask you, which is if you had to pick just one, Suzanne, what would be the book or the resource that you would recommend to our listeners regarding partnership and why that one? Um, I would recommend the book from Steve Harvey. And I'm drawing a total blank on it. What's the name of it? Oh, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. Yeah. And the reason why I recommend that it's for the ladies is because, again, it's talking about how to truly understand men and how they think. And every time I've recommended that book to a client, she had so many aha moments about how men think and what they want that it's truly helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great resource. Thank you. So, I mean, we, we've obviously just barely scratched the surface here today, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that's okay because that this wasn't supposed to be the all-encompassing, world-long <laughs> show forever of all time and every answer in the world. However, I'm clear, and I think everybody listening is clear, that you've got a lot of more resources and offerings that you could help people with. So would you let our listeners know, how, how would they contact you, Suzanne? How would they learn more about what you do? Sure. They can just go to my site, yournextamazingstory.com. And I really want women to realize, well, men and women to realize uh, that it's never too late to create your next amazing story in life and love because it always breaks my heart, quite honestly, when people say, oh, it's too late for me. I'm like, it's never too late. It truly is never too late. I've helped women from their 20s to my eldest client is 74 and I helped her get into a relationship and she's actually living with him now and she didn't want to get married again, but she wanted a partnership like you talked about, a committed partnership. So I want all everybody just to realize it's never too late. Yes, absolutely. And to... to- Add on to that, I, I too have worked with women well into their 70s, and I, I have a client currently who's 56, and her mom, who's like 78 or something, is in the relationship of her life. She actually met this man, her, her, her husband had passed away, she met this man at her high school reunion, and they obviously crossed paths before and are just like teenagers, so excited, having so much fun. And she, my client goes, it's almost embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love yeah, that. They're just loving life. It's never too late. Absolutely right. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for sharing your insights and stories. Really, really incredible. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much, Ken. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.